Welcome to Shaken and Disturbed, everyone. I'm Darren Karp here with John Thrasher doing our hand motions for all the video. Although, right. you know, if you do belong to our Patreon, you got two. Two videos. Dose well, videos. Well, Sussy this Radish specifically. Your Sussy Radish, yeah. which we normally only do uh, when we do our full episode. But this week decided to record our NMR and everyone got to see John's cowlick from his haircut. And now... If you don't listen to NMR, yeah, John, yep, there it is. Just show show the ladies it's what they still want. There. Give, it a, give it a little spin, maybe. You the know, problem like, little, is, it's like, it looks you like. You could mat it down, but it's just. Look at this. Yeah, it is like a, oh like a rooster. God. What are we going to do with you? I'm You're a, a mess. Thank You're a you. mess. You're a mess. Oh, my God. Well, no one needs to see the back of my hair. Don't head, show up so. to my Thanksgiving with that hair. <laughs> yeah, I know. Watch out now. Don't be doing um, that. Well, How anyway, was your Thanksgiving? We talked about it on NMR a little bit, but it was fabulous. I'm back in LA now, but it was really nice. You know, it was nice to see like the kids and my family. We all have like yeah. Thanksgiving's kind of like our thing, you know, and I've never missed one. It's so nice. It's just a really good holiday, really good food. Obviously, you can listen to our NMR from this week to yeah, yeah. find out all of our information. But we did want to just say up top, if you don't listen to our NMR, you don't know that we had been off for the last two weeks. That's right. We had some family issues come up, um, not holiday related just some family issues coming up so we appreciate all of your patience with us yes. but we're back with a new episode this today week. here we are that's right thank you and yes as Aaron mentioned thank you guys mentioned this on nmr but in case you don't listen to it thank you we just had to take a quick little break off I had some some family things going on that i had to tend to but all is good now so thank you in advance if you um we're thinking of sending nice thoughts. We I appreciate them nonetheless. Darren, the holidays are coming. Are you ready for Christmas and Hanukkah and everything else? That you celebrate everything, from what I remember. Pretty much celebrate. I mean, I celebrated both when I was a kid. We do yeah. less Hanukkah now and more just Christmas, just because it's gotcha. a little bit more seamless. But my family just celebrate Hanukkah. We're just not. Yeah. We do like one dinner with Hanukkah. Speaking of which, because this was your first, I forgot to ask you this in NMR. Yeah, because that? this was your first holiday with magic, did you give him? turkey <laughs> i love that you asked this i tried to excuse me i had some things that he could have but he he's not interested in it here's the thing i'll sit at my table he'll come up he'll be very love yeah he'll be really interested in lovey and like you know rubbing up against my legs and i'm like here you can have a little turkey little this little that yeah, a little thanksgiving treat does, for my man absolutely i would love to give him the he's my literally cat, right next to me so i can't say the t word love right now. sweet potatoes Oh, sweet potatoes. I didn't have those this year. Normally I do, but this year I didn't. Like if you mash them <clears> up, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, you got to mash yeah. them up. And maybe a little bit of marshmallows on top. Those are my favorite ones. Oh, my he loved a marshmallow. That. He loved popcorn. He liked yeah. cotton candy. Wait, who does? Who? Skeezix, my, my old friend. Oh, your old one. Okay. And by the way, cotton candy, you're talking about the candy, not the actual cat, catacorn from our catacorn. No, I'm Halloween correct. episode. Okay, just that being sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, I try to give him some things, but he's just really not too interested in any human food that I've given him. He does love, oh, this is really cute. You'll like this. And then we will get into this week's episode. He loves uh, um, Greek yogurt. Who would have oh. thought? Who would have thought? He's loved Greek yogurt too. <gasps> really? It's a thing. Was, do you think that these cats are somehow, maybe this is the real well, They're both handsome. I kind of They're both handsome. There you they're go. both handsome. So I'll give him some Greek yogurt when I'm having that for breakfast. But otherwise, he's a little picky. But he is the size of, um, you know, like a giant like reindeer. Like a walnut. Oh, know, okay. Or, or a snowman oh. or something. Or an a walnut. I wish he was the size of a walnut. He's so huge. No. He's perfect. No, he's sweet. He's sweet. He's sitting right next to me. If you guys... If you guys have a uh, Patreon on our NMR video, which anyone could watch right now, in fact, you could go sign up and watch it. 
Um, Magic made a little cameo because he's taking a little nippy nap right next to me. So there you go. He's a little nippy. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, let's get into this week's episode now. Um, and this one's very interesting, Darren. When when Megan sent it, sent it our way, I was like, okay, this is like an interesting one that we haven't really ever yes. thought about before. So yes. it has to do with Yosemite Park. Now, Yosemite Park, as most of you know, is one of America's most treasured parks, and it stretches over 1,200 square feet with approximately 95% of that footage being complete wilderness. I've never I've, been to Yosemite. Yeah. My parents have. Yeah. They went a few years ago, and they rave about yeah, that same. I've, I've that. really wanted to go you know I've only ever Me been too. to a couple like uh national parks in my life a handful yeah. here and there of random things but we did an out west trip once yeah. uh that was the summer after September 11th because mm. we went to China the year before that and I think we wanted to do wow. something domestic to just keep it you know September yeah. 11th you know shook all of us so we right. did an out west trip and I got to see Bryce Canyon and oh, Petrified nice. Forest and all these things and I loved it. And so I really want to take, we forget, sometimes I forget like the beauty yeah. that's within the United States. Yeah, I know. I was just going to say that. Somebody feels like that to me. I was just going to say that, you know, when I, living in New York City as long, as long as I did and as you did, you know, I grew up in the mountains of Maryland here in Western Maryland. So I have a really um, natural love and affinity for like nature. And I'm always outside, you know me, I'm always hiking and on my bike and doing whatever I can. But like Yosemite and like, Grand Canyon and all those places out West are like a whole different world in terms of wilderness. So I've never been there either, but it is on my bucket list and maybe I'll make it happen sometime soon, but absolutely. But this area of the park, um, this wilderness was created actually millions of years ago by glaciers as they moved over the earth's surface. I love a good, um, you know, rock slash geology factoid here. I loved my, I took a geology class in college. And it was my favorite Me too. class. Yeah. I loved it. Speaking of which, yeah. I highly recommend watching Life on Our Planet on Netflix. I've heard that's good. Really good. You know, the 4 billion years, 6 billion years of our mm -hmm. earth uh, being established, how it all kind of all came together. The the dominant um, eras of animals, it basically shows the 99% of species who been wiped out in the past yeah. it shows it like through cgi anyway it's really cool and That's it shows cool. how things were formed and i highly recommend yeah. it yeah. and also another very um great uh title that you could watch that does a lot of that too is it's called jurassic park i don't know oh. if you've heard of it it um it really it does dumb. lay out the landscape of uh of history so and all the cool little animals from back in the day anyway so this place was made of course you know just to give you guys some background we're going to get into the details here but you know this millions of years of glaciers moved over the earth's surface and carved the landscape that created deep valleys and these towering cliffs you've probably seen them in videos and pictures so the land was first protected in 1864, and in 2021 alone, over 3 million people visited Yosemite, two of which were not me and Darren, no. to witness its majestic waterfalls and breathtaking landscape. I also love TikToks that showcase this stuff. You know, I it's know. always so beautiful. Well, with any area of wilderness cause comes, of course, a certain level of danger, and over the years, Yosemite Park has seen its fair share of accidents and injuries, even bear attacks and fatalities and really unfortunate things like that. And while some of these things are to be expected with the territory, nothing could have prepared park goers for the winter of 1999. Darren, I hope this was, you said it was summer after 9-11, so 2002 was when you were there. So just a couple years um, later, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, when Yosemite uh, would begin experiencing tragedy in a... Uh, 
experiencing a very unique tragedy, I should say. Sorry, I was blanking out for a second because I was yeah. trying to remember if my parents went to Yellowstone went. or Yosemite. Yosemite. Yeah. I think because they're both wise. So my mom's yeah, going to correct me either way. So I'm just going well, on the record. she's listening. Yeah, she's going to um, Yeah, let I'm you going know. on the record that maybe it was Yellowstone and I can't remember. Listen, Sunday about 11.30 or 12, you're going to get a text. I'll get the text and I'll <laughs> and, report back. Yep. And you're yeah. going to give us an update on next Which week's Which is episode. really 8 a.m. my time. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to get a text early. Yeah, you're people. going to wake gonna up happen. and you're going to know exactly what happened. Okay? Yes, exactly. And that's why we love her. So yes. anyway, between February and July of that year, four women mysteriously vanished from the park grounds only to be discovered later viciously murdered. You know, and this was reminding me, and I'm sure this is kind of connecting with you as well, but the Gabby Petito case, I don't sure. know if it, I don't think it was Yosemite. It might have been Yellowstone, but um, you know, that that whole tragedy unfolded throughout you know, this, the, the wilderness of, uh, the sure. West as well. So I'm getting vibes like that, but anyway, van life. I mean, it's really easy yeah. to escape there. I mean, especially when we're talking about what was it, what did you say? 90% of 95% of that being covered by complete wilderness. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's almost too perfect. It is. I know yeah. it's, it's true and it's scary, but soon investigators would set their sights on a local handyman whose last name would strike a familiar chord with Americans across the country. Carrie Stainer, um, older brother to famous victim-turned-hero Stephen Stainer, who made national headlines in the 70s, would actually be found guilty for these crimes. Carrie Anthony Stainer was born on August 13, 1961, in Merced, California. That is my dad's birthday. Oh, in 61? August 13th. No, oh, not in say. 61. That would have been um, scary. By the way, Stephen Stainer was a... An American kidnapping kidnapping victim. Okay. And I I had to look this up because just in case anyone, which I was not aware of who he yeah. is, uh, was an American kidnapping victim on December 4th, 1972. Seven-year-old Stainer was abducted in California mm. by child molester Kenneth Parnell. He was held by his abductor 38 miles away in Mariposa County, California, and later in Mendocino until he was 14. So oh. seven years oh, uh, when he that. managed to escape with another of the victims, five-year-old Timothy White. So he really yeah. <laughs> saved himself here. Um, and uh, that. You know, yeah. if I can just comment on that really quickly, because one of the things that always disturbs me, obviously, if a child is kidnapped and they are later found and can somehow be rehabilitated and get back into the world, that is wonderful and like obviously best case scenario. But imagine the parents and the friends and the I family can't. that have to just for the rest of their lives know that there is a blip of time in this person's life where they, especially as a child, where they just don't. Yeah, I mean, seven the to worst 14, possible I mean, things could could have happened. Yeah. Seven to 14. Talk about prime years. You can right? rem- yeah, yeah, yeah. Prime years, formative. You know, you're yeah. going to remember. So, you know, this family is already interesting because they be kidnapped. Let's be honest, is very rare, still very rare for any of this stuff to happen. So for it to happen to this family, and now we're talking about his older brother, Carrie, curious to see what this family has been through here. Totally, yeah. Carrie was born the third of five children with three sisters and one younger brother to parents Delbert and Kay Stainer. From a young age, Carrie began showing symptoms of rather complicated mental health conditions. At age three, he was diagnosed with trichotillomania, a psychological disorder that makes someone that makes someone compulsively yeah. pull out their own hair. We've kind of seen this. It could be through eyebrows. It could be through 
um, your hair. A lot of that can come through like OCD. Kind I was just going to say that. Yeah. Pull out their eyelashes. So, uh, Bite but this your nails is, or some other things. There's some other symptoms too that are just like picking at your body essentially. A psychological disorder now. Yes. Um, now, this resulted in him having pulled bald, having large bald spots throughout his childhood, causing mm. many of the other children to bully and harass young Carrie. God, you know, I, I, I kind of remember there was maybe a girl in college who kind of had this or she had something. And and you um, were the bully. Wow. I, I beat the shit out of her, frankly, because it was <laughs> oh just God. not OK. Wow. No, I, just, really I remember there. feeling uh, like. Yeah. I, I just sympathy. remember having empathy for this yeah, person, yeah, not because yeah. it was like, oh, my God, this is tragic, but just how other people, I think, would respond. I, I just remember feeling this empathy because yeah, that's really that's hard, tough. you know, and, and everyone gets bullied. But yeah. I have a feeling that this is a particularly bad one because kids are cruel. Kids are, so, kids are cruel. Carrie, throughout his childhood, wore a baseball cap every day to cover his bald spots, of course. And when he was 12 years old, both his and his family's lives would be changed forever. As I said before, on December 4th, 1972, Carrie's younger brother, Stephen, went missing while walking home from school. And for seven agonizing years, the Stainer family would be haunted with the mystery of what happened to little Stephen, to uh, John's point. Yeah. Now, in that time, Carrie's father, Delbert, was unable to cope with the fact that his child was missing, fell deeply into alcoholism to combat his depression. I, I mean, I can only kind of say, like, that probably makes sense I, I can't imagine the torture that one has yeah. to feel from that and just like pure helplessness just do you give up do you always have hope what's better what's worse for you to move on do you not move on i can't even imagine and i'm sure there's multiple ways to skin a cat here it's just it's got to be so hard and a little that's that euphemism is a little did, close did to someone help. wake up from the skinning yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah he woke up oh yeah he jumped scare over here um, he ain't waking up for anything right now He's <laughs> that's in his true little kitty if, coma if I could just jump in here, you know, just I've talked about this a couple times on the show, but just to to bring it up again, you know, I have seen I've had a front row seat into a parent who has had a child go missing. Um, yes. I think I've mentioned before my stepmother when I was younger and my dad with, you know, who was with my dad when I was younger, um, who I'm still very good friends with today. Um, her son went missing. If you're interested in looking into this case, it is kind of public at this point. His name is Donnie Isit Jr., and um, I've seen it and it was only, you know, I met her <clears throat> when I was in high school and it was only a couple years after he had gone missing. So like, you know, she put, I mean, this woman, bless her heart, Deborah is her name and I, I'll have more on her eventually, but, you know, just seeing the amount of energy that is both drained from you on a daily basis, but then also put out into the world to try to find out what the fuck happened is yeah. both heartbreakingly tragic and so inspiring at the exact same time. It's such a weird thing to experience. So, and what's what's his name again? His name Johnny, is Don, Don, Donnie. Donnie. Yeah, Donnie. Is it Junior? Donnie Donald Junior. technically is his first name. Um. Oh man, yeah. I, it's yeah, just it's that has to be. You know, they always say like the hardest thing is when kids die before their parents, yeah, and yeah. I imagine this is sort of the same, and yeah, maybe even definitely. worse because you don't even know what the fuck happened, and yeah, you don't exactly. even know if they are alive. And so, yeah, my heart goes out to kind of anyone who is experiencing yeah. even something remotely in this ballpark. But well, Kay worked hard to support her family and to be the rock for her husband, Delbert, while he was crumbling under the weight of yeah. his grief. Finally, after seven years of silence, Stephen miraculously reappeared. I can feel the joy right now of I having know. like just utter like just being flabbergasted. 
Over those seven years, he'd been held captive by a pedophile named Kenneth Parnell, who abused the boy and then raised him as his own son. Disgusting. When Kenneth brought another abducted child home, Stephen managed to escape, saving both himself Ugh. and the young boy. Wow. Good for him. I just Victim want to mention. Hero. Yes, absolutely. I do want to mention that there was an update with the Donnie Is It case. Um, so she was able to get some closure, but, you know, I'll leave that for another time. That's not today's story. But um, anyway, so let's get into Stephen here. So Stephen's story, of course, made national headlines and even prompted prompted a very popular made for TV movie called I Know My Name is Stephen, named after what he famously said to police officers when he finally managed to escape. Now, while all the focus seemed to be on Stephen, Carrie began to fall to the wayside. I mean, you do have to sort of think about what it must feel like for a child to sort of see their sibling come back into the family. All the attention is on the family. They've All been of there the for love. his whole family. Yeah. Right? He's been bullied at school. He's there for his whole family. Then they probably yeah. can't focus on anything but Stephen. Yeah. And so you're left feeling almost abandoned. Right. You know, even yeah. though his parents didn't abandon him, it probably felt like that. Absolutely. And in these TV interviews, you know, featuring the family, Carrie can often sort of be seen staring off uninterested or even walking out of the frame. Carrie, along with his entire family, was under this immense amount of pressure as the media swarmed around them on a daily basis to share the heartwarming tale of Stephen's return. Um, and as a high school student, Carrie was, you know, doing great, though. He was placed in advanced classes. Not and kid. yeah, and while on the outside, he appeared as your sort of average student. He claims that this is when he began fantasizing about physical and sexual violence towards women. Now, mm. not sure how you get to those two different places. And I don't, I only say that because I'm not a psychologist. I don't know how you get there. But to me, as like a regular old person that talks about true crime, that's kind of a big jump, right? Like, you know, everything seems to be going well. Your family has this big trauma. And then suddenly, you know, you're you're thinking in about physical and sexual violence like that's yeah. kind of wild yeah i mean like it makes sense that he would think physically and sexually about women towards this age right like that would make sense for puberty and hormones well, sure, and yeah, that, you know sure. boys especially uh but not that it's not girl related but obviously <clears throat> you know boys especially and so like it's hard to say where the violence of this sort of came right. in you know i and you know is he looking at porn like this? I mean, it, it is hard mm. to say kind of how these things manifest, which is why I think it's a little bit of a nature nurture type I of agree. thing. Yeah, I um, think so. I wonder if anything kind of had to, and maybe this is opposite related, but you know, there was a man that took his brother and right. maybe the, maybe because his mom had to step in because the dad crumbled under the weight of this. There was a lot more discipline coming from the mother and that we're just speculating something. by the way. It's everybody. all speculation. Yeah. Like it could literally come from almost anything is yeah. my point. You know, we could speculate all day, but it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Well, he even made unprompted sexual advances on one of his sister's friends while she was visiting the home. So this mm -hmm. is like, you know, this is He's probably pushing buttons and seeing how far of a line he right. can, you know. See where where's the boundary. Exactly. Right. Well, after graduation, Carrie worked as a glass window installer where his violent daydreams would only become more vivid. Here, Carrie claims he would often get lost in his thoughts, picturing, picturing himself driving a truck directly into the building and killing everyone before setting the building on fire. Now, that's very intense. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was struggling severely with his mental health and not only resulting in thoughts of homicide, but thoughts of suicide as well. So he's oh. really going through it here mentally. 
Right. And again, we talk about this so much mental health. It's just like how much is something that he can really control and how much isn't. And he's a young kid who's obviously right. been through something pretty rare and traumatic related to the family. I mean, right. In 1991, Carrie attempted to kill himself by using mm. carbon monoxide poisoning. He was discovered and rushed to the hospital in time to survive the attempt. But four years later, he would receive psychiatric treatment again after experiencing a mental breakdown of sorts. At this time, Carrie was experimenting with drugs such as psychedelics and methamphetamines, which exacerbated his already prominent mental health issues. Yeah. In 19, 1997, Carrie was hired as a handyman at the Cedar Lodge, a small lodging center for tourists lying just outside the perimeters of Yosemite Park. It's interesting how much of this, um, I'm thinking it's 1997, internet's mm -hmm. kind of fresh. You know, obviously <laughs> yeah. there's chat rooms and everything. He's taking drugs. But I wonder how much, like, if this had happened 20 years later or 20 years prior, like, would this have been... I don't know. Just think a lot about timing. Like, would he have been been like a, a flare up of someone would have said like, oh, that seems like a red flag. Like, we know much so oh, much more about mental health now. Yeah, I, I definitely um, think so. Yeah. You know, or if it had been 20 years prior, it's so, you know, you're doing psychedelic drugs and methamphetamines in right. 1977. Like, everyone was doing fucking psychedelics and methamphetamines <laughs> right. in 1977. Like, would yeah. that have prompted anything sort of different? And so it, I'm just true. kind of curious of this kind of like outlier thing. But yeah, you're right. up until this point, Carrie's violent fantasies had been nothing but a daydream. But turns out this new job presented him with kind of a unique opportunity to make that twisted dream a bloody reality. Mm. On February 15th, 42-year-old Carol Lund, along with her teenage daughter, Julie, and their family friend, 16-year-old Silviana Peloso, um, were, were together. Were yeah. together. And Carol had brought the two teens to Yosemite for a weekend trip. Now, Silviana, an exchange student from Argentina, was the daughter of Carol's best friend and was visiting for the summer. And after a joyful day in the park, the trio was supposed to return to the Cedar Lodge where they would get some rest and catch a flight home early the next morning. I'm sure you know where this is going. Yeah. But Carol's husband, uh, Jans, Jens, waited for hours and hours at the airport. But Carol and the two teen girls never made it home. That has to be nuts. And That's, also there's no cell phone service I was just gonna really say, there. So it's not like you can say my plane is delayed. Like you don't even really know who to call. No find my friends, um, which is important right. probably. Yeah. Now employees, although, you know, this is pre 9-11. So in theory, you could go into the airport, park right in front and go into the airport and pretty much just find out when the flight is going to be as opposed to like going That's through right. security and doing this whole thing. Yeah. That's right. So. Employees of the Cedar Lodge were interviewed in hopes of finding any clues as to what might have happened to Carol, Julie, and Sylviana. Out of those employees, Carey was interviewed, although he was quickly cleared as a suspect due to a clean criminal record and his calm and collected demeanor during questioning. I mean, that's now, true. He doesn't have a record. You know, no one knows all a, of these details. Right. He, yeah. No one knows his, what his own thoughts are, but it right. does sort of make you wonder that everyone has to have their sort of like first <clears throat> arrest or offense. Yeah, you know, right. e everyone has to kind of start somewhere. So it's like, how do we every killer starts things? somewhere? <laughs> I think it matters that he didn't have a record, but also is there a way to prevent certain things? Right. And I, unfortunately, I don't think there's any really good system outside of how treating mental health the moment you might see it. But if he's not communicating this to anyone, how the hell is anyone? No one's to gonna know? know. That's exactly right. the point. It's like the movie Minority Report. Okay. It, right. No, that's Love what that we're movie. all. That's Love what we're that all movie. thinking. Yeah. Answer. Um, Matt Damon. Um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. 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 Where it was like he would learn about who would be a killer first. Oh, Matt Damon was born, them. born identity. Yeah, Jason born. born. Yeah. 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 Born yeah. identity. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, anyway. now we got that cleared up. Yeah, yeah now we've got anyway. that cleared up. Yeah. We can solve this case. That's right. It was suspected that perhaps they had died in an automobile accident on their journey home as the winter weather had made for treacherous road conditions on their route. But with no reports of any accidents or abandoned cars, police were kind of at a loss. Yeah. Here. That is until March 18th, when the mystery would be solved yeah. with one horrifying discovery. So this is about a month later because we started this whole thing on February 15th. That's right. And and as Darren said, about a month after they had disappeared, their, two of the victims' bodies were located. The remains of Carol and Silviana were found in the trunk of Carol's car deep in the woods of Yosemite. Oh. Something oh. so chilling about that. They both had been burnt beyond recognition and required dental records to secure a positive identification. So it sounds like clearly whoever, you know, was behind all of this, this murder was trying to get rid of the, evidence. of the remains and evidence. Yeah. Carol had been strangled with a rope while Silviana was raped and shot in the head at point blank range. This is just really horrifying stuff here. While the discovery gave investigators something to work with, they were still struck with one final question, of course, which was, where is Julie? The answer to this question would come a week later in the form of a piece of paper delivered to the police station. On that paper was a diagram depicting where Julie's body would be found, and a note that simply read, quote, we had fun with this one. Oh, oh my God. God. Can you imagine being the the husband, the father that was like waiting no. in the airport and hearing this news? I mean, that is so disturbing. Well, upon so following the map's instructions, they found that diagram was actually credible. Um, at the location marked on the on the diagram, they found Julie's body. And the teenage girl had been raped and died after a deep cut was made to mm. her throat. Now, investigators and citizens alike were, of course, horrified at the brutality of the crime, and America's most beloved national park that everyone com has come to know became the backdrop for this horrific tragedy. <clears throat> but later that summer, Carrie would actually strike again, sadly. Well, on July 21st, 26-year-old Yosemite Park employee Joel Ruth Armstrong disappeared from her cabin. It wasn't an immediate red flag for Joe, a free spirit and self-proclaimed hippie, <clears throat> to disappear as she'd often take long walks in the woods. I'm a long walker. I'm not sure I'm taking long walks in the woods. The woods are tough because let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. Especially at Yosemite, not only are there bears, but there's wolves, bison. It's just dark. It. I, I, I'm not a good navigator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, now know, I, I would be with caught. the phone, but then again, the phone service might go out. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Listen so, to me. I'm going through a walk with my phone. I'm going to make it through the woods with my phone. Like, yeah, like, sweetie, I'm not, I'm no, not don't be, don't be Mr. Wilderness right now. Don't be. <laughs> no, Mr. I'm not. Stick to stick to tech. It's what you I'll, know. I'll stick to tech and pickleball. Okay, that's exactly. what I'm good at. That's what I'm good at. However, when she failed, <clears throat> Joel, Joel failed to report to work yeah. the next morning. Other staff began to realize something might be amiss. Yeah. After searching the surrounding woods, uh, Joel's decapitated body was discovered. Uh. Police just. Police began interviewing the other staff members who worked at the park. And during these interviews, several employees reported seeing a blue 1972 International Scout parked outside of Joel's cabin. John, do you know the headlights in that one? You know what's funny? I love that you said that. I don't know what it, I'm going to have to look it up right now. International Scout. I, you know, at this time. That seems like a, a specific looking car, right? Because like knowing yeah, it's a be... 1972 International Scout. Oh, okay. I know see. what this is. Yeah. It's oh, wow. You know, that's an. It's SUVs. an identifiable car. It's actually Definitely. really cool. 
Yeah, it does look really cool. But it um, is. It's definitely like a like a Jeep, but it's kind of got like just a very specific square body. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, it's cool one, it, it definitely looks like something you'd find in like Yosemite. Let's put it that way. Or in a terrifying, scary movie that, uh, that driver too. is running. Yeah. Well, inve- <clears throat> investigators searched the records of any vehicles matching that description, which led them to a familiar name, Carrie Stainer. And not only did Carrie Stainer drive the exact model of car seen outside of Joel's cabin the day she was killed, but they also noticed that he worked at Cedar Lodge, a place of interest involved in the other unsolved Yosemite murders. This seems like a grave and stupid misstep for a guy who's burning bodies and hiding them in trunks of cars deep in Yosemite. It's like, your car's going to give you away, bro? Like, that just seems very odd. And given that he was, at least in high school, a very good student, that's kind of a surprising detail. Right? You You think there'd be some level of cover-up going on here. Well, the FBI had recently become involved with the case, and they were eager to get their hands on Carrie, given the newest update. When the agents tracked him down, Kerry was at a local nudist beach, which oh, he frequented often, and he was arrested and taken into custody, where he's seemingly eager to talk. Have you ever been to a nudist beach? I don't think on purpose. I think that I may have, when I was in Italy, I meandered onto one, and then I got freaked out and walked away. Not like freaked out like in a shaming way, but I was just like, oh, I don't You're belong like, here. like, ew, vaginas, ew. <laughs> I would be like, ooh, beep, you know, like I, I couldn't actually say the word. Um, but yeah. but yeah, I don't think I actually ever have. Yeah. I have but anyway. one. Um, oh, you have? Well, Did I you, think in Europe nude? as well. I wasn't. But, oh. um, you know, I mean, it's. It's like the same. It's I don't know. Like in Europe, like I feel like it's just like it is, it is what it yeah. is. Like in America, I think that would be so interesting. But in Europe, they just like don't care about being naked. Like there's that no. new show, Naked Attraction, which came from the UK. <laughs> have you heard about this? I have. Everyone keeps you know, telling me li- to watch Everyone's it, like, like looking at your genitals and it's just like, yeah. Yeah. you know. And I think I'm Glennon, good on that. Glennon Doyle has a very funny story about this where she like goes away for the holidays. You know, she's she's gay. She's with yeah. her wife, Abby Wambach or Abby Wambach, who played, you know, amazing, incredible soccer for the women's team. And they're there with their best friend, who's also a gay woman. They like rent an Airbnb and they needed help. Like they needed one of the owners or maintenance guys to like come in. And like the guy walks in, it's just three lesbians with like five penises on the TV screen. (laughs) And like, so confused as to what is happening. That's like, yeah, that kind of tracks. That kind of tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that sounds like a good, uh, you know, a fun way to watch, you know, naked people, but not this guy on a nude beach, especially getting, uh, you know, uh, arrested for murder. Well, Carrie, you know, confessed almost immediately to murdering Joel and to the investigator's surprise, he also confessed to the murders of Carol, Silviana and Julie. Carrie provided... Yeah, and that remember something to me. Yeah, but remember, he also sent them that note that's like, here's where the body was. So like... You know, he's going to it sounds like he kind of wants to get caught in a weird sort of way. Right. Or like he can't help himself, but he knows it's wrong. Yeah. And in which case, that's we've heard that before. By better the way. than someone yeah. who doesn't know that it's wrong. I, yeah. I, I mean, know. if anything, it's going to give closure to the family, although that may not be exactly what his intentions are. But Carrie provide previously unreleased information about their murders and the layout of the crime scene, which confirmed with authorities that they had, in fact, found their killer. And after confiscating Carrie's van, DNA was found, which belonged to Joel, also confirming his involvement with her murder as well. Carrie would face a trial in federal court for the murder of Joel Armstrong. In an attempt to avoid the death penalty, though, Carrie pled guilty to premeditated first-degree murder, aggravated sexual assault resulting in death, and kidnapping resulting in death. Mm. During 
So, you know, he was like, hey, I'll tell you I did it if you don't kill me, which is interesting. Right. During his trial, he broke down in tears, begging for forgiveness and telling the courtroom that he didn't know why he chose to do such an awful thing. Now, listen, we know some of his backstory. We're just giving you the information we know about him on a true crime podcast. But, you know, I don't know that that's by any means an excuse for any of this shit that he's pulled. So not I'm not really I'm not given I'm not into all the tears. Well, Joel's own mother would say she was actually moved by the statement and told journalists that she believed his apology. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Well, I think for someone knowing maybe his background, I think it is probably easy, especially because his brother literally was like victim turned hero. It's kind of hard That's to true. imagine like, yeah, y- you know what I mean? What like his it's life kind of, could have been, yeah. Right, or what he could have gone through. And so I think people do evoke empathy here. Sometimes. Well, and especially the mother of the of a murder victim, like that right. takes an enormous amount of soul Insane. searching, you know? Absolutely. Well, nonetheless, he was charged and sentenced to life without parole. So he was spared the death penalty. And maybe Joel's own mother had something to do with that. Well, and because Joel's murder took place on federal land, her case was the only one tried in a oh, federal court. God. Remember, this happened at Yosemite, a national right. park. So Carrie faced his other charges for the murders of Carol, Sylviana, and Julie afterwards, which he attempted to dodge by pleading not guilty by reason of insanity. Mm. Now, the defense lawyer argued that Carrie had been the victim of severe trauma and abuse as a child, blaming everything from his brother, his brother Stephen's disappearance to saying that their father, Delbert, was actually sexually abusive. A psychiatrist took the stand and shared their diagnosis of Carrie, claiming he was autistic, paraphilic, wow. and suffered from obsessive compulsive disorder, all of which contribute to his inhumane actions. Now, remember, I kind of, the trichophilomania, yeah. whatever, uh, take, pulling out your hair is related a little bit to OCD. And yeah. so that can kind of come through uh, in a lot of different ways. I'm trying to think of what, um, Yeah. I'm going to see if I can look it up here. Uh, yeah, just a now, quick little Google, nothing to worry about here. We like to now, make sure we give our most uh, relevant information. Now, paraphilia, paraphilic yeah. Yeah. can relate because this is what I was trying to because I know it's kind of like related to pedophilia, yeah. um, but it can also be exhibitionism or voyeurism oh. and frauderism, which is touching or rubbing against a non-consenting person. So mm. obviously something to do with like raping and having these weird sure. sexual violent things against women. I just wasn't sure if that was specific, but yeah, now, thanks for looking that up. That's important. The court dismissed this argument and Carrie was found guilty in all charges, which is mm-hmm. a little surprising that the court dismissed the psychiatrist. I mean, that seems like it would at least weigh in a little bit here. And considering Joel's yeah. mother also came in. But shockingly, to my surprise, even with all of this, he was actually sentenced to death. Yeah. And since the end of his second trial in 2022, Carrie has resided on death row in Sacramento, where he awaits execution. Got it. Now. The other thing is, didn't California outlaw the death penalty? So maybe he never will. Maybe he won't. I don't. Maybe he will I, never. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he never will. I have to look into that. But yeah, very, um, very what odd. A, what a wild ride for their parents. Oh my god! Absolutely. Like and the what family a and everybody. Wild yeah. ride for them, though. They yeah. have like this tragedy on one hand turned amazing story. Mm-hmm. From like something that was awesome turning to kind of tragedy and and just very interesting. I mean, you do have to wonder, again, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor, but you do have to wonder what 
that kind of trauma, not just with the brother, but with, with the impact of that throughout the family, throughout the community, even. I mean, you know, he's still going to go to school and probably hear things, you know, on top of the bullying he was already getting, you know. So I'm not saying my my heart is certainly not going out to this guy, but, you know, what we try to do on this show, at least, is try to understand the reasoning behind these types of yeah. um, decision making. And I guess that's the only thing that kind of really makes sense here. But then again, like to your point, Darren, it's what what is nature versus nurture here? Maybe it was. Yeah. Simply always we, meant to be this way. We may never, I think some cases are more clear cut than others, but we may never have the right response to that. So yeah, exactly. obviously let us know what you guys think of this case at Carpe Darren, at Jay Thrasher, and of course, Shaken and uh, Disturbed Podcast Fans Facebook group. And of course, yeah. you can always reach out to us on our Patreon. That's right. And everything is in our show notes now as well. So go click it if you don't want to do we it yourself. We make it so yeah. easy. Let's um, do let me outs. take the first listener shout out, okay. John. Uh, in a recent <laughs> NMR for Patreon, John. we- we asked if anyone had any life hacks oh, that yeah. they loved and wanted to share. Our boy Philip came through with a couple of plenty of great ones. I love oh, a life Philip. hack. Yeah. Um, he says. Now, he says, I can share two life hacks I discovered that have changed <laughs> my life. One, if you're cool and still use wired headphones when you store them, <laughs> fold the wires in half, in half again, then tie the headphones in a simple knot. When you untie the headphones next... Uh, use no wire mess. So okay. I've done this to my headphones for years and know oh, the constant have? nodding does not wear the wires down. Sorry. I thought Darren was saying that she did that, but that's actually still yeah. Phillips quote there. So got it. Um, yeah. Although I cool. do think wire headphones are better. They have better sound. I always think that they're better than Bluetooth. They never run out of service, for example, or like kind sure. of cut it and out. We certainly use wire headphones for our recording. For the recording. Yep. That's um, right so I will try watching. that, Philip. That's really good. What's number two, John? Yes. Um, Philip, thank you for that. And he says, quote, if you're prepping cherry, no, this is a good one. We just passed Thanksgiving, but still the holidays are amongst us. So he says, quote, if you're prepping cherry tomatoes and you need to slice a bunch in half, place them all between two flat lids or plates and slice the knife between between cutting through all tomatoes, instant halved tomatoes in a fraction of the time. Okay. I mean, that sounds very complicated. And I feel like I would probably end up cutting my hand off. So yeah, I don't know why this seems harder than just slicing <laughs> cherry tomatoes. Philip, you're gonna have I'm to wrong. tell us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I think obviously, like sandwich them down and then just like slice yeah. right through. But yeah. then I feel like I'm missing some of the juices, maybe. But Philip, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I don't maybe. know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'll try it someday with like one of those gloves that you can't cut. You know, like you can't cut through because I will probably injure myself. I wanted yeah, to add not? one in here too. Um, and I actually saw this on TikTok. I've been talking about TikTok all the time recently, but somebody had mentioned that they had turned their do not disturb feature on on their phone, but like at all times. And it was like really helpful because people don't call them as much. You know, I'm not saying I get called a lot of the time, but let's put it this way. I don't always want to pick up the phone when I'm getting a phone call no matter with certain people. Let's just put it that way. Darren being one of them. Um, and a phone. Exactly. I was just thinking this yesterday. I don't want a phone. If I could get rid of my phone and not have a have a phone number and just say, you know what, you want to reach out to me, email me. You know, I would love that. That right. would be great. That would be lovely. You and I can I would have a phone number just for you, Darren, because like thank you're literally you. the only person. Yeah, let's be clear. Yeah, let's you. be very clear. But I was just thinking like yesterday, I was like, I would love to get rid of my phone. Don't tempt me into doing that, actually. 
But nonetheless, um, so those are some cool life hacks. If you have any life hacks, let us know in the Patreon group or in our Facebook group, and we may read them in a future episode. Um, Darren, lastly, I just wanted to give a quick little shout out to my friends, Brett, Sierra, and Rachel. They recently gave me tons of moral support and love that I really needed and appreciated. So Sierra, of course, is a longtime listener, Darren. She asks about you from time to time when we're hanging out. Yeah, and Sierra's just an all-around perfect human being. Now, Brett, not so much. We don't yeah. we don't mess with Brett. Well, I wanted okay. to thank Brett, Sierra, and Rachel for giving moral support because I certainly don't. No, Darren, this is and just I don't want to. strictly business. And it's you tough. need me, email me, John. I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. on I'm on D not disturbs. Do you not know? disturb Darren. Do not disturb. So D N D D. Do not disturb Darren. There you go. Amen. But thank the you to my friends. I appreciate podcast. you guys. Yeah. Yes, no, I love us. I love a supportive friend. And what yeah. better way to be supportive? And to celebrate the holidays uh-huh. with tons of bonus content from your favorite podcasters, a.k.a. Us. us. We've put a lot of content up over the last <laughs> months. And if you join our top tier as a sussy, sussy, sussy radish, you get this podcast episode ad free and in video form. That's, That's right. right. Live and in color. Oh, we're punching the screen, you guys. We're you're punching the it. screen now, guys. So if you can see our pretty holiday faces, it's really great. And if you're a big fan of the show and want to help us keep it going. That's wonderful too. We appreciate any and all support. If you Absolutely. if not, please rate, review, and subscribe. Give us that five star. That also is very Love helpful. It. And that's patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed, everybody. And it's also our- all the oh, links. No. Absolutely. You're in our show notes. There you go. All right, Darren. It was so great to catch up with you again. I love that we're back in the saddle once more. We have a couple more episodes throughout the rest of this year. And then it is time for holidays and 2024. Oh my God. And your birthday. And my birthday coming up soon. All right. We'll see you guys on next week's episode. Check your freshies. Check your brake pads without pants. And apparently even after Thanksgiving, you don't need a penis. Uh, Oh boy. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.